0: Hello listener, it's the host of Campbell's Football's Grant Campbell here with a message to every one of you listening to this podcast. Please keep safe during this very stressful time with the outbreak of coronavirus affecting not just football but our everyday lives. Make sure your friends and family are safe during this very stressful time for many of us, not just physically but mentally too. But Campbell's Football's will still be producing podcasts However, there will be very few predictions because obviously there's not much football going on at the moment. I have a few in-conversation specials though, which I'm sure you would love to listen to. But at the end of the day, please make sure that you look after yourselves. Take the time to listen to the show in your own home, with friends and family. And remember that we are all in this together. So take care, be safe, and I'll see you soon. Do you hear that sound? I hear the rumor of a good life Do you hear it now? Must be the rumor of a good life I looked into the future, it was all the same I was under the sky, no
1: new horizons Maybe there is no one else to
0: For this episode, uh, by a really unique character in the world of football. He's not only a freelance sports commentator, but he also is an amputee footballer, which we'll explore a little bit more in depth as we go through this podcast. I'm joined by Stuart Mitchell. Stuart, a massive welcome to you.
1: Thanks very much, Grant. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm really excited to have you on the show, mate. First of all, how are you keeping during this coronavirus shutdown at the moment? Because a lot of people are are finding it a very uncertain time. I assume it's the same for yourself. Yeah, it's a very uncertain, you know, being a freelance as well it's, You never know what's going to
1: happen around the corner But there's so many people that will be in the same boat And it's just all about staying safe And taking care of your loved ones in the community as well Also, you just got to keep getting on with that And I've had plenty to keep me busy at home as well Just practising commentaries and analysing and reviewing what I've done so far So I've, I've found ways to keep myself busy And this, this will help, I'm really looking forward to this today as well
0: You've not resorted to doing TikTok or stuff like that Because I know a lot of people have been trying Absolutely different not. things in this sort of day and age
1: absolutely not no temptation for that at all I'll <laughs> stick to the football and find what I can in the archives and YouTube and things like that and I'll stick to that
0: is this the sort of time where you sort of build up your research for for future events or look back on stuff and actually just critique how well you've done in certain periods or, or other th- aspects how you can improve in yeah, the future
1: it's a bit of both just because I'm, I'm quite fresh into sort of broadcasting and commentating as well and you know we'll get onto the story of how that all came about but it's a, it's a good it's been a good opportunity to kind of reorganise because I think when you're, you're flying about trying to get games and trying to do different commentaries as well it's, it's, it's
0: now's the problem
1: I think there's a
0: Sorry, I'm back. I think it's
1: about <laughs> it we're back, there's a bit of a difference um, listening to yourself and listening to your commentary right after you've done it, and then maybe a, a month or so down the line, you get two different mindsets to, to look at it as well. But um, it's, it's great, you know, podcast like yourself, and you've had a number of good commentators on that I've looked up to over the years and just listening to what they, they've got to say and you know, getting the stories that you have from them and little tips and experiences they've had has been great to listen to as well. So mm-hmm. overall, there's, there's a lot to look into and a lot to research that can help, you know, yourself and help what you're going to do going forward too.
0: Well I really appreciate the fact you've listened to some of my previous shows and and I really appreciate that you've got some advice from some people like Ian Crocker and Derek Ray as we discussed off air before we started out and if people haven't listened to those podcasts before please find them on the Campbell's Football's Network or archives as I'd say. Um, But let's kick off and talk a little bit about yourself Stu. Um, What made you want to kind of explore the avenue of football in the first place? I
1: I think like it's one of those things that was set out from, from when I was a kid um, you know when I was born I know that I had some a number of football gifts from the family um, I don't know if it was back in 1989 but that seemed to be maybe a bit of a trend at the time that was what, what you gave newborn kids or boys especially at that time I don't know um, but it just felt like my family's always been a very sporting family and a very a very football orientated family as well um, mm-hmm. sport's really been something that's Brought the family together. It's kept relationships going and, and things like that. And there's been a, a lot of moments I can think of down the years. Games and just watching, listening to matches it has been with family members. It's been, it's been quite a big thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, one, one of, I remember my uncle travelled all over. Europe, following Scotland World Cup 98, you name it and he used to bring a number of things back to me as well, playing football obviously as you do as a kid is something that one of the first things you get thrown into whether it's at school or on the streets round about where you live um, it's just it was always around me, it's always felt like yeah. that and it's always been a direction I feel like there's a magnet or something that has taken me down there, um, obviously you, you pointed out at the beginning you've done a bit of amputee football as well so there's been things that have, have kind of under Interrupted it, and, and along the way is mm-hmm. maybe kind of taking you a bit off track. But yeah. I always seem to find my way back to sport and football somehow.
0: I want to explore the aspect of the amputee football in just a second. But who were your inspira- inspirations, I should say, um, kind of heading into football? Were your folks or other people in your sort of school life or friends' life really um, positive influences to you?
1: I mean positive influence, will always be parents, family around about me, I mean, when you know, you're growing up and you're trying to get involved in different things, you're taking different interests, they're always encouraging you and always trying to help you out, whether it's, you know, parents that are taking you to football training and whatever or whatever you've got on after school, there's a lot of influences and inspirations there that are, are really close to you and, and being family orientated as well, like I mentioned, has been very, very heavily involved in sport. Um, I mean, look back, my, my first big... Football player I looked up to was Ali McCoist. Mm. I mean, as a as a young kid, a guy like Ali McCoist scoring goal after goal after goal was just something that you couldn't help but watch and you couldn't you couldn't help but admire the, the talent he had and you know, goals or something. That, that I've said it a few times. I can't remember who actually said the line, but. Everyone loves goals Goals make people smile can yeah. also make you hurt as well Depending on who you support And who's yeah. scoring them But you know, Watching a goal scorer Is one of the first things That you, you see as a kid And one the, One of the positions You think of Where you want to be Is a striker yeah. So Ali, Ali McCoy Was big there I think Other playing inspirations I was always really interested In, in Scottish players Going abroad Yes um, Thinking as a kid Looking at people Like Paul Lambert Scott Booth That went to Dortmund And then Time in Holland as well John Collins we were all talking about roundabout just before the 98 World Cup John Collins at Monaco I just felt like when I was young it wasn't many players that were that felt no. like they were abroad or really spoke about abroad, so when one did go it felt like a big deal and it was I always was really very interested in that and how they got on and wanted to keep in touch with their success and mm-hmm. you know, they were playing for big names in Europe at the time as well. So that's something yeah. that made you sit up and take notice as, as well.
0: No, absolutely. And when you say that, I mean I, the first sort of inspiration that sort of came to my mind is I was brought up following Gazeta football Italian, I've mentioned that on previous shows, and you know, I, I think that was really set up on the fact that Gaza started his career at Lazio or was that or that was, it was certainly. The, the kind of peak of its time was when he was at Lazio. And, you know, following a lot of British players going over to abroad, you know, obviously more and more you see people like Steven Manaman and Michael Owen have went, had spells at Real Madrid. You know, a little bit before my time, obviously Gary Lineker, a time at Barcelona and in, in the English side. But you mentioned Scottish players. You know, in recent times, I've been following people like progress of like people like Ryan Gold who went to Sporting Lisbon. You know, Liam Henderson's had a spell in... Um, in uh, Italy so it's, uh, it's interesting to hear um, some of these stories and uh, you know the guys you mentioned there you know big household names
1: and you, you mentioned Italian football there as well and been, or, you know Commentating One of the things You'll remember Is the intro Of the Italian football On yes. TV as well That just stood out And it, it, we used to imitate it At school yeah. as well When someone scored a goal It was the The, the first thing you'd, you'd run into as well I mean You know when I look back These goal scorers I mentioned You're trying to imitate them When you're playing football Whether on the school break, playground Or in mm-hmm. your back garden And you yeah. You're commentating over those goals when you're scoring them, or reenacting them out in the in the, in the grass in your back garden as well. When you've always got the voices in your head, I remember Jock Brown, Archie McPherson. The two that stood out to me, and there's so yeah. many games, so many goals that you have the voice in your head yeah. as you you think about it and you reenact it as well. So the commentators were a big influence as well. And close to home, you know, the two bit two big Scottish ones and Jock and Archie were, were yeah. massive, and just felt like the voice of football when I was growing yeah. up.
0: Yeah, for me it was Ron McLean, but. He- you mentioned two other people there, and, and you know, Jock and Archie, as you said, are, are Scottish football household names and, and always will be, even when they uh, leave planet Earth. Um, I just want to move on to the amputee football side of things, Stu. Um, obviously, a unique um, way to enter football in that regard. Uh, may I ask, it's a very sensitive subject, but I, I hope you don't mind me asking, how, how unfortunately did that come about?
1: So yeah, I'm I'm one the uh, what descri- I think is described in UT football is one of the others. So I'm not actually amp I've got an amputated leg. Um, I was born with uh, what was uh, kind of been diagnosed as a as a muscle muscular disorder, which only affects my right leg, but oh, yeah, it right. affected the growth when I was growing up as a as a, an early teen. And what the the real sort of difficulty is that within my hip it didn't really grow properly and I have one leg shorter than the other Um, it's been one of those complex cases it's never really had a proper diagnosis Mm -hmm. Um, but going on to the amputee football you know that was that was challenging when I was growing up because hopefully you could hear from the way I speak that I'm madly in love with football and have been from an early age so when I was unable to play it and I hope I was good when I was playing with, with both <laughs> legs before this really took effect and I started to grow. But um, that that was a really difficult difficult thing for me um, mm-hmm. because I still had great mates who would allow me to play football and I had no problem with it and I'd get involved in any way I could. Um, and then eventually I had to go into crutches because it was the only way to be independent and get and get myself around. Yeah. And I did so, and then. You know, as, as you're getting older, challenges come flying in. That's something that got a little yeah. bit, a little bit, um, a little bit of a dangerous area for me. And yes. you know, if if I was still trying my best as well, playing with the crutches, someone might get a, a crutch to the leg or some. Sort I would say it was completely incidental, wasn't <laughs> it? Um, but you know, those kind of things happen. It could be quite challenging and frustrating for me, but also for my friends at the time as well. Um, I, something like amputee football wasn't really around when I was growing up.
0: But yeah.
1: you know, that's that's something we could lead on to now that it is there at the moment and it's a fantastic thing for for kids and it's a a great sort of path and there's so much potential there Mm -hmm. to try and grow that.
0: And how tough was it for you mentally and physically because obviously you know something like this will affect you not just in football but also in your everyday life And, and that must be quite difficult.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to try and there's a lot to try and, and focus on and, and just be determined. I, th- I think one of the things that's always been in my mindset is when I've seen a challenge, rather than sort of back down from it, I try and take on and I'll find a method. You know, you just got to analyse it and think of what the best way around is. You know, it could be an everyday activity like like you mentioned there, um, but you know. You just gotta have the right people about you. I think that, that's a big help. My parents, my family, been so supportive. Yeah. And, you know, through school, teachers and, and auxiliary helpers and things as well, played a massive a massive part in me getting over these hurdles. My friends also, um, you know, sometimes the best attitude or a good attitude is that you don't treat the person any differently. You just keep going with them and if, like, if I need to help I'll ask for it if there's any ever difficulty I'll let someone know um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's challenging especially at a young age as well but I managed to to get through it with just sort of a, a determination and and a lot of good people around me to help me whenever it was needed as well
0: So how did the amputee football side of things come into fruition for yourself because obviously as you mentioned just a few moments ago obviously when that was right at the beginning you know was pretty much non-existent or there was little knowledge of this sort of thing and obviously we're now in 2020 and you know it, obviously there's a bit more of an appreciation for that sort of thing but you know I just wanted to give an idea from yourself as to how that kind of avenue helped you
1: Yeah, um, it, it took me by surprise actually, um, I, I was working abroad at the time and came back home and that's when I started to discover it you might uh, remember seeing Tommy McKay who's a Dundee United fan, he scored a goal in his crutches on the pitch at half time and it was a absolute did. cracker. it was it kind of spread over social media.
0: Yeah, I was trying to think, what year would yeah. that have been? Would that have been the cup final twenty ten against Ross County?
1: No, that was, this is about um, this about three or four years ago. Okay. So Dundee United done a thing on on, on the pitch where at half time you got like beat the
0: goalie. Ah, okay, you know, okay. okay. Sorry, I thought it was like, I thought it was something more stark Tommy, than that that I missed.
1: Um, to, Tommy Tommy was a big part of Dundee football from the beginning, and he. Was allowed to go on the pitch at Tanadice and, and take on the goalie, and he scored an absolute cracking goal. Um, you'll see it if you, you, you Google his name, um, sure it will come up somewhere. That's an absolute peach. And the
0: repeat his name to me, sorry.
1: <laughs> repeat his name. To- Tommy. Ma- Tommy McKay.
0: Tommy McKay. Yeah. I'm, MCK making, McKay. I'm making I'm making I'm making a note of it to check, and I hope the listeners listening in are doing exactly the same. Yeah, uh, well, is it yeah. on YouTube?
1: Yeah, I'll be on YouTube. It was it was everywhere, and it became sort of the the movement that actually got amputee football ah, super. recognised quite well within Scotland at that point. Um, it was given gold a month from the SPFL Premiership <laughs> <the Scottish laughs> at the time. And, Brilliant! You know, it was an absolute cracker. I done, I done brilliantly, that's really what brought me to to amputee football as well. I saw that, and it started to get a a bit of power behind it, and then I was like, wow! I didn't even know this was this was going. Uh, so yeah. far it's something I would have loved when I was about 12 13 years old to get involved in and, and again it would have been great for the social and mental side of what I was going through at the time too but it wasn't there then it's, it's there now and then I was one of the late, late arrivals to it went along and a lot of great people there it's a it's a fantastic job that um, Ashley Ashley Reid who runs a charity if you're, you're checking out for Amputee Football Scotland um, and Kevin Kelly who's, who's been a big part of the coaching side of it as well and um, Currently, the the, the Scotland amputees manager, and you know it just I'm trying to find a word to describe it. It was just sort of re-energising. You know, you're yeah. playing along with people that were in a similar sort of mind frame or similar challenges to yourself. Yeah. And got a crack like when we turned up with the first match, what a cracking game of football out of it! It was brilliant. I just couldn't wait to go back yeah. after that. It yeah. was it was really something. that just got the blood flowing, and and it was you know, there's an avenue here. And you know, in the back of the, back of my head as well, you're you're thinking about what this can do for people in the future too. Absolutely. I mean, even if myself I was to give up or you know, I was to stop, not make it, or it wasn't fit enough mm-hmm. or other physicality to be good enough to get mm-hmm. to get in, in the sides. You know, there's a, a great opportunity there to get yeah. there for people with, with disabilities and amputations and and people involved and you know, what that would do socially and mentally would be fantastic as well. But yeah. also get people involved in football that that avenue
0: maybe wasn't there before no 100% it's here I'm going to plug David McArdle from the SFA because I actually did a podcast with David about you know some of the issues with people who are in vulnerable groups that maybe have Down syndrome or you know have cerebral palsy and things like that that maybe want to get involved in football but can't physically get those opportunities and I I urge people if they haven't listened to that podcast before on the Campbell's Rules Network to go back and listen to that and also listen to what Stuart's just said there because there's some really interesting things about that and there are opportunities out there Stu.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, it, it's not only just as, as a competitive aspect as well I mean, you can go along to training, um, which, which is held very, very regularly and if you just want to do it as a, a sort of Sunday session you know, to help you get fit, to help grow your confidence or or just socially to meet people, it's great for mm-hmm. that as well there's yeah. a competitive environment there, but there's also quite a leisurely environment too Yeah, absolutely. so I'd, I'd promote anyone, you know, get in touch, with myself or you can get in touch with the, the social media pages of Amputee Football Scotland and an amputee football association, Scotland. I think it will be, and get in touch. But even if you want to go along and watch, there's there's absolutely no pressure. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's good to know that that kind of thing is there. And mm. I mean, if you get into it, you enjoy it, and you do want to sort of explore it more competitively as well. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of great avenues there. They did European championships. I think it was about a year and a half ago now, or just over a year ago, mm-hmm. when Turkey played against England in uh, in. A, you yeah. know, a packed out stadium
0: yeah. you're
1: going, going have a search of that as well Turkey v England and the stadium was, was rocking for an amputee football match and the, the, the football on show was yeah. so entertaining as well intense stuff there was a last gasp goal to win it for, for Turkey and again I think from that it just took off over there as well so there's so much potential there
0: superb and great plugs there from yourself talk to me about training because I'm interested to see how the training for amputee football differs from normal players because... Or, or people that are physically, you know, of same nature. You know, obviously, the amputee football is very different, I assume.
1: I'd say yes and no. One of the things that isn't different is the running. <laughs> <laughs> you've still, still got to build up the muscles on the crutches and the sort of endurance and fitness.
0: I'd argue that, that must be match. tougher, because obviously you've got your crutches as well as support. That, that must be extra tough.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite heavy on the on the on the shoulders it can mm-hmm. be, um, but then I think you know, get so many different levels of fitness and body shapes and physicality as well. So everyone will have their own technique and own method because think going on when you're you're going on crutches, you you have to sort of find your own way or whatever's most comfortable for you to to adapt to that. I mean, not everyone's going to have the same style. It could be challenging. You could fold a couple of times. You can get back up again. You know, you just there's a there's a lot in in, in the head that's that's difficult to get through. Um, I mean, I, I know for for myself that I probably have a bit more upper body strength and I have mm-hmm. more on, on my left leg as well. Um, so I think maybe I. Possibly can use a bit more of my shoulders Because that's where I feel more of the strength and more of the power Whereas other mm-hmm. guys might have had You know, good build-up, good muscle in, in their leg before they became an amputee Or, or went on crutches yeah. So there's, there's, a, there's a difference there But then that that difference will come into what position you play When yes. your movement's better Things like that, but there's, there's a lot of work on controlling the ball could be more difficult to keep the ball under control with one leg Mm -hmm. uh, or one foot you've got the running you've got the body shape as well you can't maybe move as freely left to right you know, looking behind you yeah. things when you're you're so dependent on your crutches. So there's a, there's a lot of interesting things there to work on that you might not think of. Yeah, But it's also got the the hard graft and the running and the fitness to try and get your your match fitness and things up as well. They're probably the bit I least enjoy.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. When you're playing physical matches against people, if people are committing challenges and things like that, how how does that come into play? Because you know, obviously, you can't slide tackle with these people because you know they fall over.
1: <laughs> oh, people people will try. Uh, and I remember we went went over to Holland in 2017 with a a sort of three nations tournament there with with Holland and Germany and that was the first match I played Um, I was delighted to to actually get get a start for the team being quite new and the first time I'd been involved for a competitive match as well and I remember within three seconds of me getting the ball for the first time I had a studs and a leg straight down the shin on top of the foot and it was a massive wake up call to me because I don't think you'd ever want people to think that it was going to be any less than what a mm. football match could be and it would have the same competitiveness but at that point I don't think I was expecting the the sort of aggressive aggression that was there that i've never really experienced it in the training and then that went in the match it was, it was Holland yeah. against Scotland it was one country against another both both teams wanted to win so that same aggression and the yes,
0: same the same, same desire was
1: there too yeah yeah exactly same desire that was it um that was a bit of a wake-up call for me and that was like right you, you're in a game here Stuart get going <laughs>
0: absolutely what, how different are the rules for amputee football to normal football quite different i mean pitch size is a big one so that the, the pitch is still it's
1: almost about if you put the the goals on the the throwing lines mm-hmm. width wise in the pitch one about one half of a pitch that way right um of, of course lesser numbers as well because the pitch size too um for example me i still have my, my right leg although it's shorter so i'm not allowed to stand on or touch the ball with with that leg, I'm not allowed to use it for any sort right. of balance advantage or anything like that as well. Um, you know, there, there's there's a lot other things there. Think international, there's international rules and there's there's sort of UK rules at the moment just now as the, mm-hmm. the game tries to grow. Um, obviously, like I said, I've I've not participated in the, the sort of UK games recently just with work commitments and things. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a bit more there where you can play with your your prosthetic leg on as well. Yeah. Um, Rules sometimes change just depending on the demand and the players that are available and um, where you can you can possibly play with your yeah. to take two touches. Um, but that's a really good thing about it that because it's still a position where it's trying to grow yeah the rules are, the rules can be open you know whether it's domestically within your own country because you might not have as many as much of a depth of players available um are involved whereas you go down to england and they maybe got a bit more but you can you can alter it and, and you could come to a compromise where you're still getting fitness you're still getting the experience of playing games and yes. the experience of 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 playing getting your touch better getting your shot better tackling better you know passing things like that mm-hmm. so it is adaptable but international rules they, they're set in stone uh, yeah. for tournaments that, yeah. so you need, you need to be able to comply with those if you want to go and play mm. at an international level and in these tournaments yeah. but um, again uh, there's there's changes that can be made there as well just depending on what's needed at the time to get things going yeah no
0: absolutely hey, you've played for Dundee United uh, at an amputee level at a Scottish level I should say um, how many teams are involved in the Scottish amputee league because I'd like so. to know a bit more
1: so at the moment, um, still still on course to try and get a league set up. Okay. Um, from the last, uh, I'm aware we've got Dundee United and Partick Thistle at the moment. Okay. Um, Partick Thistle again. I've I've not been able to travel these games with with work and things, but um, definitely want to get back and get involved for when things are, are on the move again after yeah. the current situation. But Partick Thistle have been travelling over to Ireland a lot and taking on the the League of Ireland teams. Okay. Um, there's a, there's quite a quite a few over there that have been set up recently and providing sort of good UK networking and, and good competition Excellent. you know the UK sides there's a high number down in England as well they have regular tournaments and friendly invitational tournaments as well to get involved with but in Scotland at the moment part Partick Thistle and, and Dundee United mm-hmm. um, training's held through in Glasgow very often okay um, locational change depending on bookings Mm -hmm. and things like that Mm -hmm. and of course if you want to get involved you can check out the social media pages again and wherever it's taking place if you want to just come along it's more than welcome to it's a very friendly and relaxed environment Um, but we're on course to to try and get something set up obviously teams need players and that's one of the big things I think is just trying to get people along get people involved and then things will be able to grow from there
0: within Scotland. That was absolutely superb and I, I don't know if there's a situation in Aberdeen maybe people who are listening to this podcast can tweet me at Stato underscore Grant on Twitter or find me on Stato G91 on Instagram to give me some information on this but I think something like this up, up my way would, would be very interesting for people who are maybe in has a similar situation to yourself Stuart. I'm sure other places in Scotland listening to this would, would be interested as well. Talk to me about representing Scotland because um, that is a fantastic accomplishment for any sports person to represent their country, it must have been the same for yourself.
1: Yeah, massive and, and quite unexpected as well. I think when when things started to take course in, in, in my life and I wasn't able to play football as much, I you know as much as I would have loved to have been able to, to pull on a, a shirt for Scotland at any level, I never thought I'd get the chance. And then this came around, and you know before the game. I remember that that was the thing I thought about was you're going to be standing up for a national anthem, wearing a Scotland top, all all these things that you would present as a, as a dream situation when you were a younger kid playing football yeah. we're, we're coming through at, you know your tea level didn't matter, like I said the desire was there, the same toughness, the will to win mm-hmm. was all there and you've got some great teammates beside you as well that, that have come through different challenges too so you're all together going out there for for, for the Flower of Scotland to mm-hmm. play before you play a football match is an incredible feeling yeah. every time this happens so far i have stood up in the back of my neck and yeah. you know I just need to make sure my involvement's there as much as possible to, to try and keep that feeling going and keep keep the involvement there because there's a number of players coming into the setup and into the fold now as well and you know with the more players that get to training and the competitive nature of it that goes up a level again you've got to then push yeah. yourself to, to compete with that and make sure you're, you're, at the, you're at the top level for when those Scotland matches come around but yeah. it's an incredible feeling and it's undescribable in a way. I can imagine. It's it's, it's 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 pretty incredible, especially when you did think it was something that would never happen. Yeah, but one of those feelings where. I would recommend Anybody that, that Still has that hope Or is listening to me And thinks Wow that, that sounds great I'm, You know Would love to get along To an amputee football Training session And, and see where that takes me. Yeah. Absolutely do so Because the, there's Unlimited potential there
0: Yeah absolutely Talk to me about Other countries That are, are involved In this amputee football Worldwide I mean Who have you come up against And what's the level Like Like
1: le- Incredible. It's incredible. It's, it's brilliant level. We've come up against Holland a few times. Uh, made um, some good relationships with the players and the the, the staff over there. Uh, played against Germany. We went to Italy. Um, that's about about a year ago, possibly yeah. And. They, they felt like a different level. The heat was something that never really took into consideration. Yeah. Um, you know, playing a lot of some sort of indoor and rainy training matches and football mm-hmm. here, and then going across to I think it was Verona. Went to it was about thirty odd degrees playing lunchtime. Yeah. That was a tough task, and and they're the very fit team. Technically fantastic as well. Um, they've got some good links with universities and things over there, which would be great if we could have something like that over here. Yes. But, You know that that's something that the. The, the, the fruits of that come through the the research and the investment into to trying to make things happen like I said everyone involved here Ashley and Kevin have put a lot of time and a lot of effort into things and you know that's something I would love to see the yeah. hard work pay off at some point Ellie um, prob I would say Italy, Germany, and Holland are about all about the same level uh, of the teams that I've played against. Italy maybe knows it, just yeah. maybe the heat and my memory comes into that, and it made it a, a tougher slog to go through the match. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but, the level was brilliant It is absolutely brilliant And I think for someone That hasn't seen it For, a, for, a, for the first time If they were watching Amity football They'd be really surprised uh, At yeah. uh, what's on offer No
0: it's very interesting Because I, I know that A lot of um, you know sports like this I'm talking Paralympic sports You know, They maybe don't get The coverage they deserve I mean I play lawn bowls um, In my spare time And I was at the Commonwealth Games in 2014 And my, my dad and I We went to see some Of the Paralympian bowling And it was really really good It was really interesting It was obviously very different from from normal ball, but it was it was very interesting. And you know, as a person who knows a lot of people that have physical and, and uh, physical and learning disabilities, I think it's a really interesting to see that everybody or that has maybe doesn't doesn't have that normality can get involved and can compete at these levels.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. That I think you know. You get a real sense of achievement through it as well. Absolutely. Whether it's just scoring a goal or whether it's you put, put on a Scotland top for for an international match. Yeah. There's there's different levels there. There's but you know the feeling you can get from just taking involved taking part and in being involved in a match with you know seven aside, six aside or whatever you know it's just a competitiveness there it just sharpens your mind it sharpens your body a little bit Um, it's tough but at the same time it's enjoyable and it's great I think you know one thing for me maybe went into it not knowing how am I going to be compared to the the other guys that have been Mm -hmm. here playing for a little while as well but you know you've got to practice you've got to put in the time you've got to turn up to training and and just stay involved and like i said there, there's no pressure there to do that it's mm-hmm. it's very enjoyable it's very social as well mm-hmm. and it met some great people through it too and yeah. maybe wouldn't have met otherwise but getting involved in this you make good friends and you keep fit you know which is really important as yeah. well mentally physically and you get a, a real sense of achievement and enjoyment from it
0: when you're not training with the guys um are you still meeting up for like social activities outside?
1: I'm sure they'd say I'm one of the guilty ones that doesn't do that often enough. Um, but yeah, the, the, again, the camaraderie is fantastic. Um, you travel together, so when you're going to matches abroad, you're you know sharing hotels and hotel rooms and, and whatnot. It's the, the setup is just like you, you'd feel if you're you're going for any other football match. Probably mm-hmm. maybe not at the level that some people get experience playing for massive clubs in, in Europe these days and around the world. But yeah. you, you're treated really well. You're you're looked after. You're taken care of. Your your food sorted out. You, you get the real experience. Of of being a football player from, yeah. and, and that's absolutely fantastic. Um, so you, you're you're sharing stories, you're getting to know each other, you know, taking interest in everyone's lives, looking after each other. You know, real team mentality there as well. But yeah. that, that's great for the sociality of things. It's great for being involved in something and feeling part of something too. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of fundraising that goes on. No, and, that's good. You know, yeah, you know I've, you know, there's a walk um sponsor walk up in, in Dundee you know happened Walk's happened um, from a few of the it's not even just Dundee United it's, it's Scotland and Dundee United Partick Thistle players the whole team together as an association I've been doing a lot of sponsorship and fundraising and things like that to just get the profile out there get people aware that it's there as well but yeah. it's great to keep in touch and, and stay friendly too yeah. um, and after saying that any of the guys listening I'll, I'll be dragged along to the next one because I've just admitted I'm not um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm sure some of the people who are listening to this might give me an elbow if you don't tu- if you didn't turn up. Um, talk to me about we the travelling. Coming in the last time I was at
1: training, which would have been some time ago. Well,
0: that's fun. absolutely that's, that's very, very fair play on these conversations. Yeah, that's very fair play to you, mate. Uh, talk to me about the travelling aspect. Um, how tough of is it, how tough is it to travel um, away from from your own home in Scotland? Is that tough mentally and physically, or is that or is that something you you kind of learn to just adapt to because you're with the people who are with you in that same situation?
1: Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, I've adapted quite well because I'm very very fortunate enough to have done a lot of travel through work, you know, before getting into commentating and in my older job and personally as well. But then... You you you're really focused on the game when you're going over there because you, you sometimes you don't know what to expect. I mean, all we've seen at times of countries like Holland and, and Italy is, is YouTube videos, are matches that have been recorded on YouTube. So you've never you're never really sure what you're going to come up against and how you're going to compare to that mm-hmm. level when you're going away competitively. Um, but then. You, you've struck up a good relationship with your teammates, so then when you're on a, you know, a, a car journey or a plane journey or a train, the train journey down south over to Ireland or wherever, you know, because yeah. how great would it be for your family back home or your friends to see that you went over to Italy and, and you won a match or or you got a draw or whatever? Yeah, be a really proud proud thing. So you're, you're focused on the game, you've got the the fun and the camaraderie with your teammates as well. So yeah. overall, it's a really enjoyable environment.
0: And you also said as well that there's amputee teams in England as well. Well, can you give us a flavour of some of the teams that are involved in that because I know I've got a few people in England who listen to this podcast that might be interested to know more
1: yeah there's loads you've got Arsenal Everton Man City you know there's a real good competition down there as well and if, if you, you are looking to, to find out more you know just a, a simple search on Amputi Football um, on YouTube and you'll see yeah. um, some of the, the younger kids and, and some of the more well-known players down there as well that have, have taken part in, in some videos to promote mm-hmm. the game and just show off showcase their skills as well and exactly what they've got yeah. in, in the locker um, but it's, it's, a, it's a really really strong level down in England I think they've They've been going for quite some time and um, their international setup is really good as well yeah um, they've, they're a really strong team within the, the european championships as well and um we we've played against uh, the england b team as well quite recently and even at the the backup players the guys that are ready to come into the the, the first team fold and the the, the a team for yeah. england Are incredible players as well yeah so there's a very very good strong number of teams down in england that gives them a a good domestic competition so definitely check them
0: out no absolutely my last question in this aspect of the the podcast really really interested by the way to hear some of the stories where does the future go for amputee football going forward because you know we're in 2020 now and it seems like it's growing in popularity and growing in a kind of advertisement for people to get involved
1: yeah, so the, the main organisation is EAFF. Um, so they do fantastic work and they get a lot of high European players involved. Um, you know, there was a, a little sort of, I don't know what to call it, but out in, when you've got a Champions League final, you've got the, the sort of carnival atmosphere outside, yeah. little stalls and things like that. They had a little amputee football yeah. example. Uh, with with some some kids out there, and they've had I think Roberto Carlos has been involved. Uh, Robert Lewandowski is quite a big, a big promoter of the the Polish team and the yes. Polish side of the, the football game as well. So they're doing a lot of good work to try and, and boost the profile and just get Excellent. out there, get more people involved and keep it enjoyable. I think there's there's a, so much there for Scotland, and I think. One of the biggest things for for the domestic thing to grow is obviously more players because more players will mean that there's more of a a, a competitive environment yeah between games and, and players here but for the national team i really think the sky's the limit you know we've got good relationships with the other nations and they, they're more than happy to come over here for matches they're yeah. more than happy to in, in, invite our side across as well and one of the things I just mentioned earlier was the, the Turkey England game at the European Championships which was recorded and then shown online and again that does wonders because EFF do stream games internationals on their Facebook page and on, on social media so it's actually becoming available to watch live mm-hmm. yeah. through the internet, through the wonder so we can watch our competitors or teams that we may be coming up against as well mm-hmm. um, so you're just using the tools that are there to try and grow the game both domestically and internationally as well and like I said it's, I think it's more about just people being aware of it yeah. in Scotland, going along seeing what it's about, you know, looking to see if it is for them and if it interests them and do they want to get involved in I'll take off from
0: there Absolutely Well that was a fascinating insight to hear about that Stuart Now let's move into the second part of the podcast because you're also a freelance sports commentator which I mentioned at the beginning of that Why did you decide to go into the, the commentary world?
1: Again I, I think it's something that just drew me to it that from from an early age I remember running home from from primary school just simply if there was a Scottish team playing in Europe at like a 5pm kick-off over in Eastern Europe somewhere in the Champions League or whatever in 95, 96, whatever I wanted to know what was happening yeah. I wanted to listen to it I wanted to be in touch with the game and radio whether that was the only option or not it painted the picture it let you see what was going on um, so that that was that was massive to me I just wanted to keep in touch with football and yeah. as things have grown over the years you know I think there's a big show there when it comes to sport and there's a lot around it it can bring people together culturally it changes in, in mm-hmm. so many different levels as well and that that's something yeah. as I was growing up as I, as, I, as I went to high school and got older that I was always interested in mm-hmm. um, like go visiting my grandparents one of the things I loved doing when my granddad was just listening to, to matches on the radio he yeah. loved getting the wireless out as he called it for whenever there was a live Don't game call it that and <laughs> listening to David Veg or whoever was commentating it didn't matter and, yeah Discussion In family Sports always been spoken about Football's always been debated And I've always been Intrigued by that as well yeah. um, My, my grand That was my granddad On my father's side mm-hmm. My grand Going up to listen to the games On the radio In the living room And then mm-hmm. my gran On, on my mum's side Loved watching football Loved watching yeah. sports So that's something I did with her Was whenever we're At her house It was you know, Sky Sports, watching all the different sports that were coming through. She loved darts at New Year's time. Football, then whenever there was a game on, it didn't matter who the teams were. Yeah, should should Absolutely. be watching. And then the commentary just you know taught you little bits that you maybe didn't know about those two yeah. teams that were playing. Yeah. And I would always learn from from the commentators there yeah. as well. Um, but like I said, you know, World Cup '98. Was a highlight for our generation, probably because you've, we've not been to a, a major tournament since then, Grandpa. Yeah. Um, you think back of it, it wasn't just about the matches. I remember watching the news reports at, you know, whatever time, six o'clock in the evening on Channel Three. It was all the fans going about. The atmosphere was just fantastic. It was. And it's sort of eight nine years old. I'm thinking football amazing. This this is this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, a massive show. And then when mm-hmm. you brought in the commentaries and the TV pictures, the radio commentaries all alongside it, it just painted one massive colourful Absolutely. picture to me and I think that's something that's always drawn me, drawn yeah. me to, to, to commentary and that's what ended me getting involved in a voluntary level to begin with and going to where things are today
0: absolutely you mentioned Jock Brown and uh, Archie McPherson in the beginning as your inspirations for moving into commentary how how much sort of uh, advice have you used from those guys or ideas have you used from those guys or ideas of yourself to to kind of help you where you are at the moment
1: Um, yeah I think a lot like I think it's really important that you listen to everybody and you, you take note of everybody I maybe watch football differently a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of commentators I've spoken to have always said you begin to watch it differently when it's on TV because when you start to commentate you start to pay attention more to the commentator what are they doing what do you like that they, mm-hmm. they've they said or their, their style and things like that so there's it kind of it changes that in a way but I mean I've spoken to Archie McPherson a couple of times, been very fortunate enough to meet him, and he's been supportive of where I've been going and and just giving little bits of, of tips and advice. And, you know, I think, like you're saying, podcasts. Such as this, Grant. You've done a wonderful job of the guests you get on, and some really high-profile guys that have been good for me to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done some work with the BBC. There's there's guys within the environment that I would love to sit down and have a chat with, and and just tap into yeah. to, to what they've got to say and hear a little bit more. I think they're the other guys that have been there and done it so. Definitely Their advice is, is, is Something that you have to Take notice of And listen to They're still going strong They're so experienced And they're, they're great commentators um, They're always worth Listening to I think another thing Is just I like The sort of Aspect of How different it is Around the world as yeah. well um, So new passion for sport and different sports throughout different countries is, is something I've always really been interested in. I've experienced cricket in India, basketball in Australia and you're just watching on TV or listening on, on radio locally how different football commentary can be and the different style. I mean think of
0: the, the, the sort of Spanish speakers that commentate yes. when I go. It's, it's they go mad it's, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> and so do the, the Italians.
1: Levels of passion and different yeah. moments. There's there's so much around it, and I think that's something I've always been really open to to exploring and, and finding it more of, and that that really interests me as well. So I think there's advice from all different walks and different levels of sport and life that you can you can take notice of.
0: How much preparation would you put into doing a commentary match of a specific type? Um, a lot. Or I does it say, or does lot, it vary um, depending on the games?
1: I, d- I don't think it varies. I think you, you know you want to. You want to be able to do each game the justice it deserves, no matter what level it is, whether that was amputee football or, 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 or professional football. It doesn't doesn't matter. You want to mm-hmm. to do everything justice, and I think it's really important that you get to a position where you you, you know what you're talking about. You know that that's, that's very important. Um, I think research-wise it's enjoyable mm-hmm. it's, it's not something that feels like it's a chore it's something you know it's really fun to do and it's great to find out little stories and little twerks and also tap into the knowledge you've already gained and you have up in your head from all the football you've watched and yeah. you've said yourself plenty of times that you have a statistic as well so it's yes. always interesting to yeah. find out what, what's going on in the world at the moment and, and that time and, and just generally keeping up to date with things mm-hmm. so I, I think the, the, the research is the same no matter the game I mean I've done youth football done professional football senior football the preparation of Putin has always been the same because there's fantastic players playing no matter what level great teams and you want to do every goal and every bit of action just
0: this yeah absolutely uh, you got your first official commentary match uh, in 2019 I was just looking at your Twitter just now that uh, as Hibs and Scotland national team under 17s were playing Armenia what a great goal you got to see as well from Jaden Fairley I mean I mean that must have been a fantastic accolade not just for you but actually see a, a great goal as well in the match
1: like that. Yeah, I've I've actually been I've experienced a couple of great goals. To be honest, um, one of the first matches I done for BBC Radio was Aberdeen Queen of the South in the Scottish Cup, and Stephen Dolby scored an absolute cracker that oh, day. yes, yes. Um, you have Liam Liam, Liam commentaries very sort of well promoted about after I'm scoring that goal um, I was lucky enough to, to do that on, on the radio for the last 25 minutes of the, the game and then Jaden Fairley stepped up in October then for the, the Scotland under-17s and scored a belter um, so I've scored I've seen quite a, quite a few scored in, in the, the time that I've been doing professional matches over the last couple of years and you know like one of the things is when you're taking that in it's so unprepared you, yes. you have no idea that's going to happen yeah. so you've just got to call it as you see it and fortunate enough I think both goals of the Jaden Fairley and Stephen Dolby-1 came out quite well in the end but yeah, you know, that, that was a, a great moment for me because that went went around took a fair decent number on the BBC website in the, the, the days after the the game and it was good for the Scotland under 17s yeah no, absolutely to get that coverage as well because you know I think we we're, we're very good at promoting the young talent that comes up in, in yeah. Scotland and it gets to a certain level and, and sometimes you know, people can get maybe frustrated or Mm-hmm. can start to have a little bit of a laugh at the way things went but yeah. there's a lot of good work being done down in the, the, the youth levels of no, Scotland. the women and men's level recently the, mm-hmm. the teams for the national side that have been qualifying for the elite stages mm-hmm. and the, the European qualifying stages has been fantastic and really promising things being mm-hmm. done under the, the SFA banner
0: yeah is there a specific level um, of football that interests you in terms of the country set of things you mentioned under 17s level but and, and women's football obviously there's the men's professional senior team there's the under 21s Is there a specific level that interests you as a niche to kind of maybe focus on in the future or are you wanting to kind of just kind of look for anything that is possible, obviously being freelance, of course?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd love to do anything really I I, I get a real drive and a real enjoyment from from calling a sport never mind just football you know I'm a massive fan of ice hockey as well I've been fortunate enough to have a couple of commentaries on ice hockey too which is incredible it's so fast paced and I've been a big fan of of NHL over in Canada and America and some of the commentators over there they they make it seem so effortless calling such a fast game and they do it brilliantly as well I've got a few, few guys that I listen to regularly Over there, Joe Beninati is one of them, and um, you know, I think that. Mike Emrick's another you know the the brilliant and American commentators they just there's so much you know so much power and drama and excitement that it yeah. really raises to a different level um, but the, the, you know there's a lot of good things happening here one, one of the things I've been very fortunate enough and unfortunately the, the current situation called it to halt is the, the new domestic women's season in the SWPL yeah.
0: um,
1: so I was commentating on the BBC Sports Scotland online stream for Hibs and Spartan which was the, the Sunday live Opener um, okay. after Glasgow City and Celtic played on BBC Album on the Friday night. I
0: watched that game. So I, I to... didn't watch your yeah, game on got... but I was out but I do remember watching the Celtic game.
1: Yeah, and I got to commentate on having Spartans on the Sunday, and there was plans just to keep continuing that for yeah. for the next couple of weeks, and the the new SWPL season kicking off. But obviously, things the way they are at the moment, that that, that had to get put on the back burner. But um, it's a really exciting women's season coming up domestically. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier being interested, and you spoke to Emma Hunter and a few people in Scottish women's football before the World Cup and the World Cup, and France took it to a different level Absolutely. as well. That yeah, that really boosted the game,
0: and yeah. so many. People People watching
1: Scotland being involved was was a real big part of that as well. when you've now got the the professional environment domestically yeah. in Scotland with Celtic and Rangers putting a heavy bit of investment Absolutely. in there. Glasgow City in the quarterfinals of the Women's Champions League. There's so much going on at home. It was just mm-hmm. really unfortunate that, that the season got got suspended at the the point it did because there was so much excitement around that. Really intrigued and looking forward to when things get get going again. And I'd really, again, we've we've sat and spoken about different levels of football today, Graham. But I'd really recommend anyone that hasn't watched women's football to to take in a game. 100%. Whether they, they try and catch it online or on TV or, or, or go to a, a local stadium where there's a game on, there's a really great level of, and standard uh, player on show.
0: We've talked. Well, I haven't talked about different media, and obviously you've done a lot bit of television commentary. Obviously, I always ask this to commentators I've had on in the past: TV or radio, is there a preference for you, or you know, do you feel that you should have a preference because you should be, you know, confident on different platforms.
1: Yeah, so I mean, the way I got into it was um, through a BBC New Voices scheme that was online uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I applied for that and managed to get invited down to, to Manchester to go through some sort of little different um, different exercises, little quiz exercises and things. Get and get a chance to speak to a, a few people within the industry. And you know, one of the things I was told there is how different radio and TV can be and how it might not be. Both to go from one to another, and mm-hmm. some might prefer one, some might prefer radio, others might prefer TV. My experience to get into where I was was generally hospital radio um, reporting for radio. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's that's really where my main route was, and then I've been really fortunate with getting the opportunities from from BBC Scotland to do yeah. the, the Scotland Under 17 games and Scotland Women games that have been streamed on BBC Sport online. So that was a, a new introduction to me for TV and i think probably maybe other commentators will say that they're always doing this but me being quite new i feel like i learn every commentary there's always something to learn whether it's about Absolutely. the game or about the style there's always something new to pick up on and the difference between tv and radio has been something that i've, mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about recently but i don't really have a preference i'm very happy and comfortable to do both um mm-hmm. Hopefully You know Both sound good To mm-hmm. the, the, the viewer And the listener um, mm-hmm. But There is a big difference there that You don't want to be too Stating the obvious When it comes to TV You've got to respect it You can see what you can see On the screen yep. uh, You know what's going on You don't need me to tell you And You know I would think that one of the things that maybe you're looking to do is just add a bit more value yeah. to a TV broadcast whereas with radio you can't see what's going on Absolutely. so you've got to have more description but I think one of the things that I'll take from when I was when I was a youngster and one of the things I liked was I didn't realise it was happening but commentators were, were painting every sort of angle of that picture yeah. the colour, the crowd the flags, the noise the weather it was all there and it was yeah. all something that, that added to your experience listening so there's a really Big opportunity and big part to play in a radio commentary as well, but I just get delight when calling either, and I'm happy to do sport on on, on either broadcast.
0: Absolutely, I think that's really fascinating. Uh, Stu, we're coming to the end of the the podcast. I've really enjoyed our discussion. Let's talk about the future uh, for yourself and for amputee football, and obviously your 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 kind of freelance commentary role. Um, where is it going to head for you? Because it sounds like to me you have got a really positive direction going, and it it feels like it's interrupted at the moment, but it feels like when you go back. The that you have a lot that you can add to things
1: Tell you, my yeah, view. thanks very much lovely to hear that I mean I, you know I think it's so uncertain just now for so many people we don't know what's going to happen with a new season you know it's a Scottish Premiership season Here going to, going to end is it going to continue what, what's happening there Again, Scottish women's football still don't know what's going to happen with the, the new season for that and where things are going to go so it's quite uncertain but I mean you're looking long term at excited to to see what 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 the future holds, uh, the progression of things, matches I've been involved in, and the confidence that I've they've taken from that, as well as the the excitement, the enjoyment, and the experience. You know, all around has been fantastic. So I think sometimes it's more dependent on who wants to to use you rather than me getting to make the decision <laughs> on on where to go next. But absolutely, um, I just want to keep practicing, keep involved. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to to look at new avenues and can can continue to explore the football domestically and you never know I think you know I've done a lot of hospital radio I've done a bit of reporting for different radio stations just love telling the story of yeah. a sport telling the, sto- the story of a game and as long as I continue to do that I'll be happy
0: and in the meantime with the coronavirus shutting down or the shutdown of the woman are you playing FIFA are you doing a lot of kind of research into country what are you doing at the moment I'd say it's a good mixture. I've um, had I've had
1: a, I've had a, a lot of um, sort of coaching aspects to look at of commentaries I've done so far, and, and just kind of where things have went. Just you know, always want to practice. Lo- I love watching older matches as well, and just delving into the archives, whether it's on YouTube or anything that you, you can get access to online. Watching, you know, sometimes you watch a game that you've not seen for a couple of years, and you'll go back and watch it again, and you'll start to feel the emotions of what was going on in the world at that time when you watch that that match first time round or when that goal was scored so it was really interesting to to delve back into into the past as well but you know there's so much that goes on in the world of sport now that you could blink and, and miss something so yeah. it's, it's also good just to, to keep reviewing I mean last I've been doing a lot of looking into the, the women's football season last year which I got to play a heavy part of the the, the Scottish Cup final between Glasgow and City and Hibs at Tynecastle it was a fantastic game I went yeah. over that a few times um, done a commentary a radio commentary for that and it just audio only and that was fantastic to, to relive again and just feel the noise and the occasion yeah. of that match and how many people went along to it. That was a, a great achievement for, for women's football in Scotland that day as well. Yeah. So it's been it's been good just to mix it up a little bit and and keep it varied so I don't yeah. get, you know, stale or too uh. kinda one track minded in the yeah, one time and, and starting to let the dust settle a little bit. So it's good just to keep it keep it fresh and keep practicing.
0: And last thing before we wrap up, um if people want to know a bit more about the amputee football, where can they go and also where can they get in touch with yourself if they're interested?
1: Yeah, so I'll be on Twitter. My ID's uh, S Mitch Sports, uh, so S M I T C H Sports, and that's all one word. And um, for Amputee Football Association Scotland, for the website online, there's a lot of great information on there about where the history of it has been. You know, where things have been for Scotland over the last few years, and where things are planning to go. Um, so check out that website, or also the the Amputee Football Association Scotland Facebook, Instagram pages, and Twitter as well. Um, and myself, like, i would see. I'm keeping keeping. In touch on, on Twitter if you want to ask me any questions about Amputee football or keep an eye on, on what I'm doing with the the, the commentary journey as well um, but just you know want to get kind of put out there, that everyone just looks after and Stay safe in the current time, and hopefully everything gets gets back to a, a good position going forward again for for everyone. soon.
0: and to your amputee colleagues, Stuart will be coming out to see you with you soon for a drink or something or a catch up social event, something. soon. know you have my word on that. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to put that out know. there, Stuart. I've kind much of put you up against things. it now. Um I just want to say, Stuart, before we wrap up, thanks very much once again for being part of the Campbell's Football Podcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Into it. I a rather interesting world of football that you're that you're in amongst and it's certainly a unique one um, just want to say thanks very much again our
1: pleasure thank you very much enjoy the grand
0: no worries. well listener that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Football's I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered if you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows follow Campbell's Football's on Apple Spotify Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to other podcasts you can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91, on Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time, I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's Footballs.
1: What a
0: that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's footballs I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered if you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows follow Campbell's footballs on apple spotify google podcasts or wherever you listen to other podcasts you can also follow the show on facebook at Campbell's footballs search for me statog91 on instagram or other social media channels but until then until next time I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's footballs.
1: What a night!